This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business owner or executive level leader looking to advance God's kingdom at work, sign up for one of their 2019 workshops at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Broadcast today from Rancho Mirage, California, courtesy of a collaboration between FCCI and Convene. Check them out online, FCCI.org and ConveneNow.com. As we've said, we're on location at the 2018 International Summit, a gathering of Christ followers who desire to live out their faith in their work while pursuing excellence. Hey, the second half of today's show, we're talking with Dan Baker. He's from Helping Hands Charitable. I can't wait for you to hear more about this organization. We've known about him now for almost the entire year. We've kind of kept him behind the scenes. These are the people that operate behind the curtain just like in Wizard of Oz. But we've got Dan Baker here to take. He's going to step in front of the curtain for just a little bit. You can check him out online, hhcharitable.org, hhcharitable.org. Dan Baker, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. We're excited to have you here. So we always ask this question of every first-time guest on I Work For Him. How did you become a Jesus follower? Wow. Early age, four. Uh, My father was serving in a church in Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, I felt led to go forward and... uh, just a regular service as far as I remember accepted Christ rededicated my life again when I was a teenager just to ensure that I had understood everything properly Mm -hmm. Uh, I come from a missionary family so I was raised in ministry Um, grew up in the field planting churches and hosting vacation Bible schools and kind of living out my journey that way you know a lot of people Mm -hmm. attend classes or whatever we kind of get thrown into it and lead them right (laughs) so I I did that for years and then um, through my young adulthood I, I didn't stay as involved I attended church but I didn't stay as involved in church as far as serving and stuff and then I decided to uh, join choir uh, led a choir for many years and then became an elder at my church that we're at now and I just love serving God and uh, you know following his path talk to us about how you got connected to helping hands charitable Oddly enough, um, at the church that I serve at, I assist in starting ministries. People will come to me oftentimes with ideas, and then I'll, I'll challenge them to you know, put a business plan together, if you will. And a guy had come to me, and he, he said he wanted to start a, a men's ministry as kind of a follow-up to a retreat program that we were offering at our church. A way for the guys to dive deeper mm-hmm. as they came away with that kind of yearning, they could have the, the sustenance. And uh, so I said, great, you know, come back to me with a plan. And he came back to me with a plan that was very robust. He wanted to start curriculums and all sorts of things. And I said, let's start simple. <laughs> so, so we started with a men's study every other Thursday. And Brian Green, the CEO of uh, Helping Hands, attended one of those meetings. And uh, he was asking us some pointed questions after the meeting about what were our intentions in regards to 501c3 status, et cetera, and, and organizing you know, properly. And, and he said, uh, why don't you have coffee with me and I'll walk you through the process. We do that for, com- for companies and organizations around the country as part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of went from there. I fell in love with what they do. Um, as he was telling me stories about how many people they've helped through the years, as well as how they come along companies and employers to create communities of generosity within the workplace. And uh, I started as a, as a freelance kind of part-timer, and, and now I'm second in command with them running the show and taking this thing as far as we can go. So it's really a great, great thing. So talk to us then about what Helping Hands Charitable really accomplishes. You guys, it's not just one organization. You actually have a dozen organizations of things that you do. But I I want people to get a feel for how they can interact with you. Because, you know, we talk about the the intersection of faith and work all the time. You guys help 
business owners, you help generous people to connect their faith with their money to make a kingdom impact. Talk about how how do people interact with Helping Hands Charitable? Found online, hhcharitable.org. That's correct. Uh, phenomenal growth is an interesting thing. It can be either done organically through relationships or it can be done through marketing and, and other means. And this is a, a God story for sure. Uh, founded 20 years ago and the growth up until about last year was 100% organic. There had never been one advertisement, never one sharing of data or information online. Uh, it had all been done through relationships with National Christian Foundation or other ministries focused on the family, et cetera, through mm-hmm. the country. Um, and uh, we had been doing gifting to individuals for 20 years. That's that's what our specialty was. was. Which means what? So, for instance, if a... Uh, if a, a, a person has donated dollars, uh, it's very difficult to direct those dollars under the Internal Revenue Service standards. So typically what they're done is they're given to charities, 501c3s, etc., who are doing the acts of kindness. Well, every now and then there's a situation where you do need to benefit a family who had a fire or they, they totaled their car and they don't have the funds and somebody feels led to help them. Um, we have letters of exception in our ministries that allow us to work with individuals directly. So we answer a call that most 501c3s can't answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we become a real resource. And that's that's really the reason we're behind the curtain because we're not really the facing of the donor or the facing of the recipient. We're the intermediary source, the third-party provider uh, that works with that 501c3 that wants to deploy a donor's dollars and then we kind of come in between we do all of the due diligence we do all of the relationship process through the gift Mm -hmm. uh, as it's delivered Um, and there's many opportunities to pray with people and just just nurture people through their tragedy or circumstance they're going through so it's really amazing so i almost feel like um if somebody just I, i guess to make it really I'm going to make it really simple here and it may be wrong, but this is why we do this. So the listener can get a better understanding of it. So if I say, wow, I heard about this thing and I want to do something, how do, how do I find out if that's something you can help me do? Um, So through all of our, uh, if you don't have access to an NCF uh, um, client relationship manager, et cetera, um, you can, uh, on our online portal, hhcharitable.org, there's actually an inquiry button where you can go in and create a little, hi, my name is da-da-da, and here's the thing I'm interested in. Is that something you can help us with? Okay. It'll go directly to our project manager coordinator at the office, mm-hmm. and then she'll submit it to me for follow-up, and then we'll have a discussion and see how we can best service you. Okay. So are these typically big gifts, small gifts? I mean, what, what, what are the things that, what's in your niche? So we can see anything from a couple hundred dollars to um, a, a, a really extreme scenario is uh, rare cancer treatments mm-hmm. that are provided in Tel Aviv, Israel, where we have to provide sojourn there as well as care there. Um, and donors feel led to help somebody go through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which that can, that can equal l- large sums yeah. of dollars for sure. Handicap vans. Uh, we have this... Um, 
niche where for some reason people call us on a regular basis for handicapped vans where uh, families have uh, paraplegic kids or something like that and somebody feels led to give them a beautiful vehicle to help get the the children or or a loved one around easier Uh, so it can really be very extreme you know a couple hundred bucks to a hundred thousand dollars what's your favorite part of what you do um, the stories. I'm a story guy. And, uh, when you hear about how, uh, Christ came through at this, this, this 23rd hour and 59 yeah. seconds, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's amazing to see how communities come together and care. It truly is, um, walking out Jesus in, in our communities mm-hmm. and, and, you know, growing up in church and serving in church, I, I was so used to it in the church environment. But to see it in the general business community or just the community in general, it's so refreshing to be a part of that. I think that um, you get to have a peek into the generosity of other people that usually that story's not even told. Because, you know, a lot of those people, I would guess, you know, they're either doing it anonymously or they're doing it very humbly. They're not doing this because they want to be on the evening news. They're doing it because they see a need that they want to fill. So you guys really get that, Mm -hmm. that inside look on somebody's heart and how they've been prompted to move. Um, So one of the other things that I'm just curious about is the reason that they would come to you is because you can help them do it in a way that's going to be the most financially beneficial Mm -hmm. so that they can be more generous. I mean, a lot of we're not trying, you know, this whole conversation of, um, you know, doing it within the right tax codes and all that kind of stuff, but so that people can use their generosity to the greatest level. Is that true? Sure. Yeah. We, we basically do the heavy lifting so that they can enjoy the process. One of the things Brian always says to me is we want to make sure that our donors have a joyful experience. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you get bogged down in the technicalities, it's not joyful. Yeah. What you want to see is the end result. Um, so our team of 13 individuals, uh, we have an office in, uh, Washington state. We are are opening an office in Florida and we have an office in Georgia and all of those individuals, that's their mission in life is to do the heavy lifting. Let Mm -hmm. us do all the due diligence and manage all the details Mm -hmm. to make sure that it conforms and all the receding will be done. You enjoy the process and it really is, um, just a wonderful experience, uh, to, to, to kind of go, uh, backwards a step you know a lot of a lot of folks have donor advised funds in, in in you know foundations etc all over the country and and most of those funds go to um 501c3s charities churches etc mm-hmm. um the way that we uh, work is we will help deploy those funds in the easiest manner um with all of the oversight stuff that we spoke about to the individual now one of the things we do prefer to do is pay um, bills directly so that there's some accountability there versus just giving a thousand dollars to an individual Mm, in cash Um, and the donors really appreciate that oversight because they know that the dollars are being used efficiently and correctly and Tell us a story. Tell us one of your favorite stories recently of, of something you're obviously hiding the names to protect the innocent. But tell us a story that where you guys were able to facilitate some real kingdom impact. 
Hey, we had a great experience recently at a, at a church, uh, and a donor came to us. Uh, a pastor had just moved there to take uh, a position in the church, and uh, he had a rather large family in one vehicle. He'd moved from California all the way across the country to take this new position. And his, his poor wife was trying to figure out how to juggle, how do I get my four kids around from school and whatnot while my husband has to have the car to be at church. And it just became a real frustration. And they were attending a small group at their church, and uh, a gentleman who was attending the small group is a, a financial uh, planner. And he came to us and he said, look, I really feel God calling me to bless this pastor with a car. And uh, I was like, hey, great. You know, we, we can do that. We've done cars before. And uh, so he told us how much he wanted to, you know, contribute. We opened a project. Everything in our mm-hmm. ministry is done through projects. Uh, and that way we can expose the um, cause to other people as well, not just the donor who came to us. Mm-hmm. So we'll share those on our websites, et cetera. And uh, so he, he gave us the, the dollars to fund the project. We were able to actually go to a business owner, a, a car dealer that attended the church, and they were able to help us source a car exactly like what he wanted, mm-hmm. exactly the same color, exactly the same features, and for a great deal because they didn't mark it up. As a dealer, they did it as a favor uh, for us, you know, contributing to a church member. So it was really a joyful experience because not only was he blessed to give, not only was the pastor blessed to receive, but we also blessed a, a church member who was able to be a part of the process. Hmm. We're talking this afternoon with Dan Baker. He's from Helping Hands Charitable. You can find him online, hhcharitable.org, hhcharitable.org. Dan, you were sharing some a great story right before the break. You guys do so much more than handle just individual projects, though. You Aren't you guys working with companies now, too? Yeah, absolutely. About 12 years ago, we decided to take the experiences that we had in benefiting individuals in times of need and sharing those stories with employers, especially in the faith community, because we do so much work with, uh, with faith-based owners because of our exposure to FCCI and C12 and, and whatnot. And um, we found that people really responded well to the program. So what we have developed over the period of 12 years is now a program that originally started with very small employers doing, you know, maybe 25 or 50 employees. And as of this year, we have 250 companies using our program. Uh, And from about 50 is the minimum employee size to we have one entity that has over 40,000 employees. Uh, So we've been able to take that message of generosity how we can help people in times of need, create a program internally inside the company where charitable dollars can be dumped into a funnel, if you will, both from the company and from the employee contributions, almost like a United Way contribution where they'll mm-hmm. get a tax receipt for mm-hmm. their donation out of payroll. That'll pull up in a silo. And then when an employee has a time of need, a crisis, an emergency in their life, there's an application process that they go through. It's vetted, it, the due diligence, is, due diligence is done, and then we approve the project. When the project's approved, we actually pay all the bills associated with that project directly. Um, that way, everybody's comfortable with the process. Mm-hmm. The employee got the help they needed. The peers got to see that the program works. They believe in it now. It, it draws them closer to their employer because they feel their employer cares about them more. Uh, and the company got the tax deductions and the things that they wanted to be a part of it. So it really is a beautiful thing. That's really neat. So in a situation like that, I'm, you know, I'm always like the nuts and bolts kind of person. And as an employee who is contributing and being a part of that process, is the, is the, um, 
some of the benefactors, do they do the companies decide to keep that private or do they let them know when who they're helping? So uh, it's really based on an individual company um, okay. protocol. Mm-hmm. So so the way that we like to, to market the program is that it's 100% customizable to you. Excellent. So some people may want to be very transparent in the mm-hmm. fact of have social media, you know, types of feeds to yeah. say, hey, I, I shared with whatever. Mm-hmm. Other ones keep it very internalized and, mm-hmm. and almost compartmentalized within like an HR structure, even though it doesn't fall under human resources. Sure. It usually sure. falls under their outreach or community. But what type a great people. thing for building community within a, an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're saying, you know, just like uh, people have in the past donated to United Way right out of payroll deduction, mm-hmm. they can don't. You guys help these companies set up their own little fund they can donate, and that money then goes to help the specific needs of employees. Mm-hmm. And you have a committee that helps vet out those needs. That kind of thing. Do you often find then the company does a matching? In yeah. There? Yeah. Many times. Sometimes. Sometimes the company will go ahead and seed it. Uh, with sure. ten or twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, sometimes what they'll do is they'll have that intention, but they'll go to the employees during the launch period. A lot of these larger companies want to do a launch. Yeah. So, for instance, we have a company in California with five hundred employees doing a launch this month, September. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it through a big gathering that they do, like a convention, and, and they're going to promote it to everybody. Um, so, uh, a lot of times in that launch period, they'll put a marketing material out in the paychecks mm-hmm. saying, here's a new program that we're starting on this day. For every dollar contributed by employees, the company will be do- you know, donating $2 or something like that. And that will stimulate, even though their intent was to do it anyway, right. that will stimulate participation right. because, as you know, working with employers, participation Mm-hmm. Is is the big deal? Mm-hmm. Give us an example of how that works. I mean, give it. You got any stories there on that, that side of it? Um, well, it's funny because through the years we kind of let the uh, organizations decide their own processes and best practices mm-hmm. for implementation. You know, we give them the guidelines and the rule books so that everything conforms. And now what we're doing is we are actually organizing those best practices and coming back. So now when we have an initial conversation with a company, we'll actually give them a packet that has not only the bylaws, the guidelines of the step-by-step, but also sample scenarios of what our five best companies are doing to communicate with their employees. Okay, so let's talk, as we're talking today with Dan Baker, he's from Helping Hands Charitable. I really want you guys to check this out online, hhcharitable.org, hhcharitable.org. Dan, you guys have an opportunity to really funnel money into the kingdom, putting it into action. And it's not just money, though. You guys are not afraid of any kind of gift and turn it into actionable money. Right? <laughs> that, that is correct. That's an understatement. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is correct. So we do we do uh, special gifting uh, processing for foundations all over the country, uh, the, the largest of which is National Christian Foundation. Uh, we do non-cash gift uh, giving. Uh, so that could be anything from a, from a Gulfstream 5 airplane to an old ferry boat that is no longer in service and needs a little bit of work to 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 re put mm-hmm. it back into service uh, from real estate, both residential and commercial, to precious metals and fine gems and art. Uh, we've been able to touch pretty much everything and turn it into a tax deductible gift. And Th- you things al- you didn't even know existed, probably crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Do you always turn them into cash? 
Um, so those, those items are always liquidated and turned into cash. Now, every one of those gifts may have a different directive of how they want that cash deployed. Mm -hmm. And at the time of gifting, the donor will state how they, uh, sometimes they just say, Hey, look, I want to give this to you guys mm -hmm. to use however you want to use it. Other times they come to us and say, I want these to go back to NCF or I want these to go to this charity or, or this cause or an orphanage and, uh, you know, India or Africa, that kind of stuff. Right. So we, we do what they want us to do, but every now and then, yeah, they'll say, look, I just need a tax deduction. You, you, you use it for whatever you want to use it for. What's the weirdest thing you guys have had to, uh, turn from, uh, uh, something hard asset into cash? Wow. Hmm. Or just something unique. Doesn't okay. Have to be well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the coolest story. So Charles, Stan Dr. Charles Stanley did a sermon uh, series one year and he was talking about rubies and you know, he must have been discussing like heaven and you know mm. the walls of minerals and so forth and uh, so so all of a sudden Charles Stanley in Touch Ministries starts getting all these rubies <laughs> oh, jewel word. jewelry bracelets ruby rings ruby necklaces he convicted uh, them all <laughs> and and they reached they reached out to wow. Brian Green and and Brian Green was able to take all of those get them appraised turn them into cash and then give that back into In Touch Ministries so it's kind of a really cool wow. story of application through sermon response by attendees that's great <laughs> so let's talk about to all of our i work for him audience everybody who's got you know any kind of weird asset these guys can turn that money into uh, turn that asset into money and get it right back to i work for him so that's you right. know, let's give us some specific examples if let's just say you have a pet alligator these guys can liquidate a pet alligator no is you there cannot. a high demand for that <laughs> may not, it may not produce much tasty. cash no but if you've got a car sitting around that you'd like to get donated and you like a great place these guys can liquidate a car and turn it into cash for a ministry mm -hmm. you guys could there's nothing that you guys no. can't do is there depreciated stock uh the only thing that we don't like to do is is oil and gas uh because most of the time when oil and gas is in transaction it we don't own it somebody else owns it it's yeah. it's kind of a from hand to hand to hand and it it gets really sticky and messy. Oil and gas can be a really big Oil debacle. Oil is very sticky and so, messy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so uh, the only time we would ever even consider that is if we actually claim title to the full shipment. Or, or So is that true with any commodity? I mean, is commodity is just one of those difficult for some things? Reason, oil, for some reason, oil and gas is the most difficult. Um, and it so also has a trading price. It so unless you're going to show, show up at the office with the tanker, the oh. tanker. Yeah. <laughs> don't do one it. Of, one, of, one of the cool ones that uh, Brian has done is um, standing wood. So, you know, people have many, many acres of wood. And um, mm -hmm. what we'll do is we'll go and find a uh, harvester, a lumberyard, who will harvest that. We'll arrange for it to be taken down, and we will replant mm -hmm. to replace and then the proceeds are turned into charitable dollars. Um, and then the costs of all of that service just come out of the proceeds. Right. And that way it doesn't incur costs directly to the donor. Um, those standing trees had been there for years and years with no plan, and now we gave them a plan. Right. Um, so it's kind of a cool... That's very cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that just ministered to some people. There's people out there that have land going, I've got all these trees, I don't know what to do with them, and I, but I don't want to give up the land, but I'd love to be able to give up the trees yeah. and put and them make, into action. And make something greater for the kingdom. And that's really what you guys are all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. One last plug, 10 seconds, why people should be talking to hhcharitable.org, Helping Hands Charitable. Well, you know, my, my thing in life is that uh, we don't know what we don't know, and I think a lot of people don't know 
the different ways that they can give to the kingdom. So we're here to educate and facilitate. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. That is our specialty. Uh, so if anybody has a question, feel free to reach out. We would be happy to educate you on what can be gifted and how it can be gifted in a manner uh, that best benefits you. Excellent. hhcharitable.org. Dan Baker, thanks for joining us today, so and welcome. I work for him. Thank you. hhcharitable.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we broadcast from Rancho Mirage, California. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.